Coming up, part two of the fantasy draft where Javier Reyes, where we take the best players that the D-backs and Padres have let walk since 2014. So we did part one yesterday. Go check out that podcast if you missed it because we're doing part two on today's podcast. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creativethomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. We're going to do that draft with Javier Reyes, Lockdown Padres. Don't really want to discuss the Padres series too much outside of it just being a blown series by the D-backs. I mean, the D-backs definitely should have taken the L in Game 3 in that finale, but this should have been a series where the D-backs take 2 out of 3 from the Padres, and I mean, we've been hammering it. At this point in the season, the D-backs cannot squander games. They cannot lose games like how they did in Game 2. The D-backs are serious about making the postseason, about making a wild card run. They need every win they could get, especially the games that are on the margins, those really close games like how it was in Game 2. Even Game 3, I mean, it felt like the Padres were in control most of that game, but the D-backs were within striking distance of most of it, but they couldn't stop giving up the long ball. Same issue um, disturbed them in Game 2 as well against the San Diego Padres. So it was a tough series against the Padres, and it's not going to get any easier going forward really for the D-backs outside of this next series coming up because now the D-backs get to face the Colorado Rockies, which is always a nice little reset of a series. But after the Rockies, you got the Dodgers again, then the Padres, then the Dodgers again right after that. So it's going to be a lot of NOS coming up because even after the, the Padres, or excuse me, after the Dodgers, Padres, Dodgers, then you play the Giants. So it's going to be very NL West heavy over the next you know few weeks as we wrap up the season. NL West, a lot of those teams are ahead of the D-backs in the standings outside the Rockies. So the D-backs do have a chance to at least move up in their division standings, maybe make that wild card race a little bit closer. But they squandered one series against the Padres already this season and really now the D-back season might come down to what they do against the Dodgers and the Dodgers in the second half of the season. I've just been blowing the door off opponents. I've just been crushing it. So the odds of the D-backs making that wild card run looking very, very unlikely, very slim. But I'm not, I'm not giving out all hope just yet. I'm holding on, like I've talked about, to the slimmest of margins, probably less than 1%. I feel like the D-backs still have a chance to make it. But even though it's less than 1%, there's still a percentage baked into that. So I'm not abandoning all hope on the D-backs making the postseason this year, but it would take a miracle and the D-backs would need to basically win most of their games the rest of this year. And they got still seven games, I believe, against the LA Dodgers. So that will, oh, excuse me. 
yeah, they actually have they actually have eight games because the second series they play against the Dodgers is actually a five game series because it's a four game plus a doubleheader mixed into one of those days. So D-backs definitely have their work cut out for them the rest of the season. But like I said, we're still holding out hope that maybe, maybe the D-backs can make a wild card run. Now let's get back to the draft part two with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. For my fourth overall selection, there's still a lot of good position players. So I'm going to treat this like a fancy football draft where you wait on maybe wide receiver or quarterback because it's so loaded at that position. So I think I'm going to go actually back to pitcher here because there's one guy that kind of interests me among the other guys I see on this list. I'm going to go off the board a little bit. I'm going to go Craig Kimbrell, who doesn't feel as sexy of a name right now because of the way he's done the last years but Craig Kimbrough if you remember those first seven eight nine years um as a reliever he was one of the best relievers of all time basically the first eight years of his career he's like a mm-hmm. sub two sub two guy basically every year insane strikeout artist had a great season his one year with the San Diego Padres with like a one five ERA and so for Craig Kimbrough this is someone that led the league in saves from 2011 to 2014 46 42 50 and 47 then 2015 he was with the Padres had a 258 year ray at 39 saves that year as well so I think Craig Kimbrell to be the back end of my bullpen guy like we think of Craig Kimbrell now we're like oh man that guy's shaky but what he was doing from age basically 21 to age 30 one of the most historic closers we've ever seen during that time period good stuff Good stuff. Um, you snagged easily the best closer that either of our teams have traded away uh, in, a, in a while, in a while, for sure. Um, just just great mm. stuff, man. Great and you guys stuff. traded him to the Red Sox, I guess I should say. And I guess mm-hmm. Manuel Margot was the headliner in that piece coming back. Yeah, Manuel Margot, who did not pan out that much for the Padres. He was a good defensive player, but not as a batter. But I'm going to talk about someone that the Padres traded who panned out quite literally immediately for the other team. Uh, he wasted no time. And in my opinion, there is a case to be made that this is overall the worst move of A.J. Prowler's tenure. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, I'm talking about the guy who was giving us nightmares all season because of our ground ball gremlin at first base. And we could have had this other guy. And that's Ty France of the Seattle Mm. Mariners. I know he's been a little bit cold lately, but there is just something consistent about the bat to ball skills that I love. He's had some big hits before, which I like he's young and even plays pretty decent defense. I like that. I just, he has a vibe to him that we're going to look back on this and say, Oh my God, that's really what they traded him for. Like, Austin Adams and Austin Nola. Like that's what they traded him for. And they also sent over Andres Muniz. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. A really bad trade that when you look back at it, you're like, man, all of that for Austin Noah. I know he was hitting well that year, but geez, man, you can't wait a little bit on catcher. I mean, sheesh. So that one might arguably be the worst trade of AJ Preller's tenure. Yeah, and France's numbers have come down a little bit since the All-Star break. But mm. at the time, I advocated for France to have been on the All-Star team. I thought he was the best first baseman at the halfway point of the season. So France, he's had a breakout year helping the Mariners, who seem to be locked into breaking their playoff drought this season. So very fun to see. So I like your Ty France pick because I think my next pick spiritually gives off the same energy because I was really debating between two former D-backs guys here. One that got, you know, I won't give too much context in who are the two guys I was debating. I'll just tell you who I'm going to take because this is all vibe. <laughs> I gave you Trey Turner earlier with the swaggy slide. I got another oh, super man. swagged out player coming up. The man who might be the coolest player in all of baseball because I'm bringing up Jazz Chisel. There it is. Mm. Zach 
Allen trade that we talked about in the first pod, I think two hours ago, a Javier Reyes because <laughs> for Josh Chisholm, you can't think of a more win-win trade than that. Josh Chisholm seems like he's going to be a future superstar shortstop, 25-25 kind of a guy, while Zach Allen seems like a guy that could finish top three in Cy Young voting every season. So a win-win trade for both sides. And now we're bringing Jazz Chisholm home to play shortstop, maybe next to a Ketel Marte, but I guess that's not really the team he's going to be on. He's going to be in the lineup with J.D. Martinez, I guess, and I guess that's – and Trey Turner. Wow, look at that up the middle. I got Trey Turner, Jazz Chisholm, and then J.D. Martinez is my DH with a Granky and a – Kimbrough, I am just smoking this draft right now, Javier Reyes. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit, the Jazz, I mean, it's actually remarkable how even of a trade that is. Gallon for Jazz, just like, I honestly can't think of a trade that's been more even, honestly. Like, I, it's, it's really great stuff. It's really great stuff. Maybe the Nationals have a potential to have an even trade where – you know, maybe not even, but it could look okay for them because they really did get such a haul of prospects, but that's still unknown quantities and whatnot. But, sir, what? I'm going to take someone who certainly isn't an unknown quantity. Yeah. I'm going to take someone who is, again, just really consistent and also really fun to root for, um, especially when you know, you know, he had some tragedies on the off, off the field with, uh, I believe they had a uh, a miscarriage or something with him and his, his former uh, his ex-wife and that is gene segura of the philadelphia phillies i like the guy he's a hitter's hitter and low-key just super consistent every year he's going to give you good bat to ball skills give you okay defense he's not going to blow up the league or anything like that he's not going to be the one that is your paul goldschmidt or even your trey turner or what have you but i know what i'm getting from him so while i wish i could have had jazz shizzle because like you said he is one of the coolest players in the league I'm going to take Gene Segura, and I feel pretty uh, pretty good about it. Yeah, Gene Segura is pretty good. And I think to mention, I believe he was in the Ketel Marte trade to the Seattle Mariners. I believe that's how Ooh. he got off the – Yes, the I think so too. Yeah, so – So look at the D-backs. Okay, look. Look at you guys. You're doing yeah, something. I was going to pull up the trade exactly, yeah. Um, to the Seattle Mariners and then the D-backs. Uh, oh, and they also got back Taiwan Walker, I forget. And also in that deal, um, it was Mitch Haniger going to mm. the Mariners as well. So very interesting uh, uh, fat trade. I mean, Ketel Marte, Taiwan Walker coming back, and then Mitch Haniger and Gene Segura going to the Mariners. Huge blockbuster trade at that time. So uh, maybe a win-win for both sides as well because Gene Segura is a good player going there. And then we get Ketel Marte back. And then we're, it's, a, you know, another deal where it's like, oh, Taiwan Walker, future all-star. Let's just let him walk. Maybe he should have been on this list too among players. <laughs> <laughs> we let walk in free agency. You could potentially make this list. I might have to add him real quick to the list. Who knows? He might be a sneaky addition. But first, I need to talk to you guys about Blue Chew because summer's winding down. Nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity rises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. 
The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in the line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. So, if you could benefit from the extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. For my next pick, I won't go Taiwan Walker next, but now that I just thought about him, I might add him at the bottom of this list of players mm, uh, of, yeah. of our player pool here. Yeah. You know, I might think about it. But next on my list, since you go, since you went with Gene Segura, I'm also going just killing the infield right now. I'm just slaying the infield. And I think I'm going to go with the guy who I debated taking in my last round. He was traded. He was drafted number one overall and then traded immediately for Shelby Miller, who was one of the worst pitchers in baseball at the time of the acquisition. He had like a seven-plus ERA and was just absolutely terrible for the D-backs. Meanwhile, Dansby Swanson, slow start to his career, but now you look at the last couple of seasons, Dansby Swanson, the World Series winner. He's turned to one of the best defensive players in baseball. He's tapped into some power. Great defensive player, I think I already said. So Dansby Swanson, uh, maybe his offensive ceiling is not super high, but what he can do defensively, a little pop, a little bit of speed. I'm taking Dansby Swanson uh, right here, former number one overall pick. Yeah, and maybe he's discovered something this year. I mean, 284, 340 on base. He's done a little bit better this year, but I think that the uh, uh, it's a little bit similar to Segura. Like, there's a high floor here, and he has tapped into a little bit more power. I know he's got 17 bombs, 17 steals, probably a 2020 guy. I'm curious to see who ends up with him in the offseason after he becomes a free agent. That should be really interesting because with the amount of extensions the Braves have been giving out lately with Austin Riley, with Michael Harris, something tells me he's not coming back. So very curious to see where Mr. Dansby Swanson goes. Love the pick, sir, but I got a better one for you. Okay. <clears throat> I got a better one for you. And okay. I need people to hear me out on this one, okay? I know that it's been a little bit rough lately for, for, for this lad. I know that he kind of had a lost season, and the only time he made news was when he was sticking up for Tim Anderson in that whole debacle with Josh Donaldson. But when you look at some of his best seasons, and when you still think about you know how he's been, uh, even with the White Sox, I'm going with the best catcher. In this, okay. that is Yasmani Grandal, an absolute beast at the plate. He is kind of a little bit got that Joey Gallo thing going where all walks and then home runs. And unlike Joey Gallo, though, that's great for a catcher because catchers, if you can give us anything offensively, if it's just a lot of home runs and on base, then I'll take it. I'll absolutely take it. Former um, Padre, believe it or not, I'm actually looking up who they traded him for, and I'm scared to because I remember it being bad, um, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me see. It was It was for Matt Kemp. That's right. It was the Matt Kemp trade. Uh-huh. This is back in the 2014 era for that 2015 season. I forgot that he was the Kemp one. I thought he was for Kimbrell. But, uh, yeah, that's who I'm taking with my next pick. A little bit of a savvy move on my part, I must say. But uh, I love it. I feel good about it. 
That's interesting. I don't hate that. Yasmani Grandal, clearly the best catcher. I don't think I'm getting a catcher today if I didn't get Yasmani Grandal. So that's a tough one right there. I'm debating these next two guys I have pretty close. Depends how I want to build my team. But I think if I take this player, I might screw over your team because I don't know how many good pitchers are left. So next up, I'm taking big game James Shields, who is just one of the underrated pitchers and all of baseball from the 2010s. I mean, this guy, he was a borderline number one option, finished third in Cy Young voting one season, just an innings eater has. I'm looking at it now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight seasons of over 200 innings pitch. That's why they call him big game James Shields. He was a career basically in his prime around like a 3-3 year, right? Giving you 200 innings pitch, um, decent strikeout numbers as well for the guy. So I'm going big game James Shields here to just clean out my rotation. I got Granky, I got James Shields and then out my bullpen nasty pitching staff i mean nasty that is pretty nasty i'm not gonna lie man. that's that, that's really good i probably should have <laughs> addressed the pitching a little bit more but no matter ladies and gentlemen no, no it matter. matter it does not matter we don't need um pitching. with now one two three four five with my second to last pick of this draft the question is do i go for the pitcher or do i go for the batter and ladies and gentlemen because of that Robbie Ray, Max Fried combo. One of them that should have been Granky, but I messed up. But it's okay. I'm gonna go with. I want to. I want to do. It's it's actually really tough here. It's just between two players, but I gotta do it for the bit. I gotta do it for the fact that the Padres in 2019 got significantly less after uh, less fun and good after trading him. There's all these nice videos of him talking to kids on the side and whatnot. Randomly got DFA'd by the Cleveland Guardians this year, but has been doing a lot better for Chicago. I have to go Fran Mil Reyes. I have to. I, I don't wow. like it. There's another player I should have gone instead, but I'm going with Fran Mil Reyes because that's my brother, and I have to. Fran Mil Reyes, your brother. A big power bat. He's had a pretty interesting career because he's basically mm-hmm. been like a DH kind of a guy, big power mm-hmm. bat. Basically been um he's got two seasons with over 30 home runs. He's been kind of like an underrated player in baseball. It feels like no one wants to like commit to Fran Mil Reyes. It feels like no one wants to be like, I want this guy to be, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, a cornerstone or whatever position he plays for the next four years. It feels like he's like uh just a hop around kind of guy, spend a season or two in an organization, then move on to somewhere else. So I don't know why no one wants to keep Fran Mill Reyes more long term. I mean, the Guardians, I guess, have had him for a few seasons, but he's been a solid player throughout his major league career, been pretty productive. So I do not hate that pick at all. So that was your second to last pick because, yeah, I got one, two, three, four. I got four. So I need two more position players. Okay, so this is the second to last pick. So next up for me. So that leaves the guy who I want still on the board perfectly because this is going to really just even out my lineup. Let me make sure I pull up um, how we traded him away because this guy is technically a former D-back. I think I mentioned he was in that Ketel Marte trade to the Seattle Mariners along with Gene Segura. Mm. Because I'm bringing home a guy who hasn't really done much this season because of injury. But in 2021, he had, uh, you know, uh, in 2021, he had 39 home runs. He had an 804 OPS, finished 20th in MVP voting. In 2018, he was an all-star as well with 26 home runs, an 859 OPS, finished 11th in MVP voting that season. I'm going with Mitch Hanniger to fill out mm-hmm. my outfield spot still 
uh, not I thought he was going to be younger, actually 31 years old, so not super young. But in terms of mileage on his body, he's young because he's been hurt throughout his major league career. So he only has two seasons where he's played over 100 games. So guess what? Even though he's 31 years old, Javi, he's going to be fresh coming to my team because he hasn't played a lot of games throughout his major league career. If you want to bet on who's going to be the last pick in our draft, you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Follow the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, man, it's good. That's who I was debating about taking. Um, he's excellent. I mean, he's an excellent player. And I think that it's, it's too much taken. I think he's just a home run beast. And yes, the defense isn't always great. But then again, I just took Fran Mil Reyes, who literally plays DH because of the bad defense. So yes, the defense isn't always great for him. And also in fairness, not to slander your team a little bit, this is even slander, but just pointing out the negative is very often injured. Uh, so that is one mm-hmm. error, uh, one area that could be a, a place of concern. For your team as a whole, because, you know, Jazz Chisel almost had some injury issues. Trey Turner wow. in the past had some tra- uh, injury issues. I poke holes in my team right now. Yeah. Look at this guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out there. You know, Fran Mill's always there for you. You know what I mean? Uh, but no, it's a great pick. Uh, and Mitch Hanniger, one of the most underrated guys uh, in the outfield, at least in the American League, because the guy just hits bombs. Uh, so I love that pick, sir. And I'm going to close out my draft with a guy who the Padres sent over in the trade for Austin Nola, I don't care if he's not technically a closer. You know why? Because if it wasn't for the fact that the Mariners really like Paul Seawald, he'd be a closer on the Padres right now, probably. And that is Andres Munez. That's right. They didn't just give up Ty France. <laughs> they didn't uh-huh. just give him up. They also gave up Andres Munez, only at 23 years old. And Millard, he's absolutely lighting it up. 2.83 ERA. His expected stats are incredible with slugging, with his walk percentage, with his whiff percentage, uh, especially on his slider, which is just his absolute knockout pitch. Opponents are only hitting, if I'm not mistaken, 121 against his slider. So that's his killer pitch. And he touches 100 miles per hour on average on that fastball. So you could, if he can make the movement on his fastball a little bit better, just a tiny bit better, this could be seriously a guy that Years from now, when people are looking at this draft that you, the two and I, two of us did <laughs> yeah. today, they'll say, yeah, Miller did get Kimbrell, don't get me wrong, but that Andres Muniz dude turned out to be an incredible relief pitcher. So that's who I'm taking for my last pitcher, and I feel electric about it. That's interesting. Interesting. Andres Muniz. Uh, we'll see what the people say about that one on Twitter, because to close <laughs> out my drafts, you know, I could go with the D-backs fan favor here. I could go David Peralta, freight train, right? Mm. That's what the D-backs fans want. That would be yep. the spiritual thing that they want. But that's not where I'm going. Mm. I'm going mm. maybe a little bit against the grain because I think he's a rarity with what his skill set could do because there's not mm-hmm. a lot of left-handed power hitting shortstops. So I'm going to go with D.D. Gregorius. Oh, no. They're going to cook you for this one, man. (laughs) I'm going with D.D. Gregorius because it's hard. 
back at the time when he was playing, he was like one of the only left-handed power-hitting shortstops basically in all of baseball. Like what he was doing with the Yankees at that time, like there quite literally weren't many shortstops doing what he was doing at that time. So because of the rarity of what he can do at his position, maybe like David Peralta a little bit more as a player, but you got to think about value here, right, Javi? It's like running backs and fancy football. Yeah, this wide receiver might score more points than Josh Jacobs, but the running backs are just going to fall off so quickly. So you got to take mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs over that really good wide receiver sometimes that you don't really want to do. So that's why I'm taking DD here. Maybe David Peralta is the better player, but I think the smarter team for building out my team is to go DD Gregorius. I disagree. I, I think this is my least favorite pick of yours. I know it's the end of the draft. The defense isn't great. <laughs> He was hitting to the short porch, but I will say this great vibes pick. I loved watching Dee Dee whenever the Yankees were on. I remember uh, someone that if everyone ever made fun of his little his post game tweets when he would use all the emojis and whatnot, they were so adorable. I love them. And ever tried to figure out, oh, what who's that emoji? Oh, it means Brett Gardner. Who's this emoji? He did a little bit for the Phillies too, which was a lot of fun. And I remember some people would be like, oh, look at the the grammar issues here. And then people in the comments would like yell at that person and be like, he literally knows five languages. Leave him alone. Dee Gregorius is a vibe, a five language king. Uh, in terms of just vibes, I love Didi. He was at one point probably one of my favorite current players in baseball just because he's so easy to root for. Great smile, all that stuff, um, regardless of his actual playing ability. So, Miller, that about does it. Look at our draft. Let's run it through one more time. My three pitchers, Robbie Ray, Max Fried, and Andres Munez. My position players, Paul Goldschmidt, Starling Marte, Gene Segura, Ty France, Yasmani Grandal, and Fran Mil Reyes. I know that's electric. And Millard, tell him about your team. Yeah, my three pitchers, we got Zach Greinke, we got Craig Kimbrell, and we got big game James Shields. And then my position players, I mean, my infield is loaded. We got Trey Turner, we got Dansby Swanson, we got Jazz Chisholm, and we got D.D. Gregorius. And then the outfield, we got Mitch Hanniger with J.D. Martinez as your D.H. I mean, tell me about that power and the hitting for average. Now, I would like to give an honorable mention to guys who I really debated with that last pick. I just brought up Mm -hmm. David Peralta, the other guy I really debated. If you're talking about defense, this is not going to be the guy you want to talk about. But if you're talking about just raw power, Mark Trumbo, I mean, he's got a few seasons yeah. where 30 plus home runs and an 800 plus OPS. Like, he's not the sexiest guy. But there was a time where I was like, Mark Trumbo's like a pretty underrated player in baseball. Like, if he's going to mm-hmm. lead the league in home runs at 47 and have like 800 plus OPS, like, that's value to a team as a DH. Absolutely. My issue with Mark Trumbo, very simple a first half king. This guy would never do anything in the second half, even when he was with the Orioles on those good Orioles teams. That dude was a a great sight to behold. But I think a lot of Padres fans will get a lot of Hunter Renfro vibes out of him, just not being able to keep it up for too long. Uh, That dude in this first half was always awesome. Just never managed to keep it. Uh, especially because his defense wasn't all that great. Still, though, in terms of just hitting bombs, love that one. I was debating about Martin Prado. Uh, Martin Prado was really fun for the D-backs, just a solid hitter's hitter. Um, I actually forgot some of his stats and whatnot, but he was fun. I remember he got traded to the Yankees at one point, which was weird, Uh, but he was just this definition of kind of like a solid, okay player for a few years there. Not incredible. His peak was probably with Atlanta, but even still um, counts. and basically, like good. a super utility, like a Ben Zobris type, exactly. where you could play like all over. Exactly. So that's another one I thought of. But let me go back through all the rest of some players that were traded from both of our teams really quickly from the Padres, players that weren't drafted Eric Lauer, CJ Abrams, who might be the first overall pick in a few years. Who knows? Zach uh-huh. Eflin, Cal Quantrill, 
Luis Arias, Steven Souza, Cameron Mabin, Will Venable, Manny Margo, Eniel De Los Santos, who's having a great year for the Guardians right now, Andrew Kashner, Fernando Rodney, who I forgot about, Josh Naylor, and then for the Diamondbacks, Brandon Drury, who's currently a Padre, so I couldn't draft the guy again. I mean, come on. Uh, David Peralta, Ender Enciarte, Wade Miley, mentioned Martin Prado, mentioned Mark Trumbo, Joan Duran, who's a prospect currently for the Red Sox, then Archie Bradley, and Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker going undrafted. Wow. I know. I know, because we didn't think about him at first. I We didn't even have him on the list that we brought until we looked at the Gertrude. But I have to look at it. It's like, you know what? Taiwan Walker was an all-star as soon as he, he left was. the back. So maybe he should have been drafted. He, he was, and he's having a, a good season this year, too. So, yeah, that one might be our biggest miss. Uh, everybody, you got to let us know. But hopefully you all enjoyed this mega draft, this jumbo juicy podcast. Maybe it got you in a fantasy drafting mood. Good luck to everybody with your fantasy drafts. As someone who won and dominated all of his fantasy leagues last year, I have Mm. no pressure whatsoever. So I can't relate to people who are going to be nervous about their draft. But still, nonetheless, I hope you guys had fun. Miller, this was a great idea. As always, it's fun having you on the pod, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And ask Javier Reyes, who won the Lockdown MLB fancy football draft league that we had last year among all the locked on mlb hosts guess who won ladies and gentlemen locked on dimebacks host miller thomas we put no money on the line but paul holden sent me 20 bucks for chipotle after <laughs> thank you paul host holden, of locked on rockies i will say for everybody who wants to know how capable of dark magic apparently that miller's just just mystic arts he finished second to last in total points i finished second in total points, and I didn't even make the playoffs. And this guy weaseled his way into winning that league. I had Cup, Devontae mm. Adams, and Jamar Chase. That is cracked. <laughs> that is the most cracked receiving core ever. And I somehow didn't make the playoffs because I just got the worst matchup luck. But anyway, enough about that. Miller, it was a blast. Might even put this out on Twitter, uh, our full mm. rosters and whatnot. Maybe might make a little graphic. I know you're a graphic Ooh. person, so you I might enjoy graphic. that. Um but that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast and the Lockdown Diamondbacks pod. Remember, everybody, follow us on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at Creator Thomas 24 Lockdown Diamondbacks, you'll find it, right? People are smart. Mm-hmm. At Lockdown Diamondbacks. Look it up on the tubes and check Chrome it out. Yeah, yeah, you'll find it out. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, check yeah. the link trees. Yeah, people yeah. got it, man. People got it. People are smart. Our listeners are smart. We're famous, guys. Yeah, exactly. We're famous, man. With that all being said, everybody, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies and D-backs homies. Take care. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Or not tomorrow because it's Friday when you guys are listening to this. So actually, go catch up on any pods you might have missed this week. Pat Sully on the pod, Lindsay, Javier. So go catch up on any of those pods. Come back next week for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day. Lockdown MLB with our pal Sully Baseball, Walking Baseball Encyclopedia. So go check out his pod. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and have a great weekend. Deuces!